Hey, what's up, fellow marketers? Welcome to episode 20 of the Marketing Help Podcast. Got another great episode in store today. But before diving in, just a reminder to check out all of our fresh content at themarketinghelp.co. So we've got job search guides. If you're just graduated and you want to, you're looking for a new marketing role, we've got uh, development templates. If you're uh, looking for that first promotion or that next promotion in your marketing role, uh, we've got frameworks and tools to use if you're a manager seeking to help guide your marketing team. So all that stuff is there. It's all free. Check it out at themarketinghelp.co. So today's guest is Alex Gilson. Now she's been in the advertising space for almost 10 years now, and she is currently the Associate Director of Search and Social at CMI Compass. Now, CMI Compass is a pharmaceutical marketing agency located in Philadelphia. And in her role, she's helping pharma companies create and execute campaigns across various social media outlets. So in in today's episode, uh, Alex gives some great insights and tips on how healthcare and pharma companies are succeeding in social media, but uh, also sharing what is required in a social media role but also what skills are necessary if you're someone looking for a career in social media. So let's take a listen. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Marketing Help Podcast. Uh, I'm joined here today by Alex Gilson. Alex works uh, as Associate Director of Search and Social Media at CMI Media. And we are excited to have uh, Alex join us today because we're actually going to go deeper into a, um, a type of role that exists for marketers today, and that's social media. So, Alex, welcome to the episode. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. So, uh, let's just get into more about your background. If you can just give us a quick synopsis on how did you get interested in marketing? How did it lead you to your current role today? Just get, kind of give us a quick synopsis on how that happened. Yeah, sure. So, you know, kind of relatable. I had an internship in college. I was interning while I was in, you know, taking courses. And then upon graduation, that internship turned into a full-time position. Um, When I first started, I was doing all things digital, email, SEM, display. Um, Social wasn't really a thing yet. Um, But at that point, agencies were going into a model of, instead of being a jack of all trades and doing everything regarding digital, specializing in one area so you could really get good at it. So I gravitated towards SEM. I'm an analytics numbers type of person. And I just felt that really made sense. So I really got my start, um, you know, deep diving into SEM specifically. Got it. So I I, I love the idea of the internship first that kind of led into a role. uh, And I've got some, some other questions about that later, but um, in terms of how you got into pharma, pharma marketing. So, uh, your background, you know, worked for a couple great companies, uh, not just at the internship level, but your current company now. Uh, give us a sense for what they do and what is your day-to-day role in your current company? Yeah, so I moved from the New York City area to Philly and Philly is just rich in terms of pharma. A lot of pharmaceutical companies are here and, you know, I found CMI a really, you know, it was starting its social media department and it's really just gone gangbusters and has really grown in the past year or two um, because pharma is starting to understand that social media is an effective platform to reach patients, caregivers, and um, uh, and even healthcare professionals. So it's really been interesting to see the synergies and how pharma and social media can work together because 
patients and even healthcare professionals, they, they want to go to a community. They want to discuss with peers. They want to talk to other people who have gone through similar experiences. So there's a natural, uh, a natural progression to social media that it's definitely a channel that we, sh- that pharma should be present in to be able to really connect um, with, with their consumers. Um, from a day-to-day perspective, aside from pharma, this is just agency life in general. No day is the same. Uh, you, it's so, and that's what I love about it. Honestly. Um, it's so dynamic. I don't know. I know I have an idea of what my day will look like when I get in the morning, but you know, it tends to take you this way and that it's just being flexible and just going with it and, and managing your time and knowing how to prioritize what comes first, but it's, it's just exciting. So, um, I can't tell you what a typical day in agency life looks like. A typical is just not being typical. That's what agency life is. And that's a great way to describe it. Having worked in agencies myself, it really is you plan for the best and then you just react to whatever happens Exactly. Uh, because you never know what's coming your way from, from clients you're working on or what's happening in the industry that's causing you to uh, react to uh, what's going on in the market. So I want to go deeper in something you're saying about, um, you're right, so, you know, pharmaceutical marketing, very popular in Philadelphia. But then when you think of social media uh, and pharmaceutical uh, marketing, you think of regulation and you think of uh, limitations and things like that. However, uh, some of the work that CMI has been doing has been very, uh, you know, very noticeable and very powerful. So I guess, you know, dispelling those myths that people have about social media not being something that can work for pharma marketing, you know, maybe there's an, give us an example of a conversation you have with a client to convince them on how social was uh, something worth taking advantage of or, any other examples of how um, you know or you have been able to prove social media to be something that pharma marketing can uh, get value from? Yeah. So one of the things that I like, you know, being an analytical person, the challenges that come with pharma, because yes, to your point, there are some regulations. We are beholden to the FDA. It's easy to do social media for Oreo or Coca-Cola because, you know, the sky's the limit there. Obviously, we have to be creative in a very different way. We have to be creative. We want to, you know, be groundbreaking for our clients and be innovative, obviously within the constraints and regulations that, you know, that come with pharma. Um, In terms of making the case to our clients, which again, you know, two years ago, you know, we were really trying to introduce pharma to social. I think at this point they get it and and most pharma companies are now on social. So it's less of why you should do it. And now the conversation is more, what should we be doing? But, you know, it's really just let the numbers tell the story. So again, I'm that analytical person. We don't just recommend social for the heck of just recommending social. You know, it has to make sense. It has to be, where is your audience? And that applies to any media plan that we're working on. And the way we prove it to clients is we have surveys, we have, you know, the stats from, you know, our Facebook, our Twitters, our LinkedIn's and we can actually show them, you know, from the provided stats from these partners that we work with, that your audience are is on these channels, and this is a great opportunity to reach them in a non-health endemic environment, um, kind of surprising, and it's in their feeds. It's integrated with, you know, things that they're engaging with, you know, on a personal level. And healthcare is very personal, um, so it really makes sense to kind of be in that environment and and be a source for education or just a community. Um, for patients and caregivers to be able to talk and learn more about any, you know, whether it be, um, 
you know, a brand, you know, a drug that they're, that they're just starting on or just, you know, a chronic condition that they're living with. Um, having that community for them to be able to share and, and talk about their experiences has really been, you know, something of value. In fact, Facebook recently made an update and this is, has never happened before. Um, Facebook groups is really something Facebook's trying to focus on. So within Facebook groups, so, I mean, for those that are not familiar, Facebook groups are what it sounds like, you know, Facebook can join a certain group that around a certain topic, but they're, they now made an update where users can choose to post an anonymously within a group, um, specifically around healthcare, because, you know, something that can maybe hold back Facebook users from sharing around healthcare is because it's tied to their name. And maybe there's a condition that they're not ready, yet ready to share, you know, what they're going through, what they're having. So Facebook understands that. And they now allow users to post anonymously. So again, they're trying to, Facebook's trying to make that environment of a trustworthy, safe environment to share and talk about sensitive health conditions. So I think if anything, this shows pharma that Facebook understands the importance of its platform. um, And hopefully more people are going to start to come here for health specific reasons and even more so of a reason for our clients to be there. Yeah, that's a great point about, well, a couple of things. One, seeing the evolution of uh, social platforms to understand uh, and make it more, in, uh, I guess, more of an option for the healthcare industry specifically with the Facebook groups thing you mentioned. But, you, you know, you kind of hit on it there in terms of social being a very powerful vehicle for education and community, which are two big things that can support the success within uh, healthcare and pharmaceutical markets. So I think those are all great points. And certainly helps to make sense as to why this could be a very, very powerful channel for uh, healthcare marketers. Now, you know, your background, you know, you've been in healthcare for a couple of years now. And maybe, you know, you know, share some tips for the listeners that, you know, if I'm a, I, I just, I'm about to graduate, I just graduated, I got my first job, and now I'm looking to kind of hone in on maybe a specific industry. At some point, you had to learn the pharma industry. And I guess my question is, you know, what was your approach to really... Uh, get into and, and become an expert in a specific industry uh, as it was tied to, you know, your specialty, which was, you know, marketing or in this case, social marketing. So uh, what were what what some steps that you took to really kind of uh, immerse yourself into learning a new industry? That's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I was fortunate coming into CMI because we obviously CMI specializes in healthcare and pharma so I came into an established institution that had the skills and had the framework for me to really learn from others. And there was, you know, a, an actual, there's courses that I was able to take. So just being on the job, I learned just so much. But for those that may not have those types of resources, um, you know, the internet's a great thing. Um, so, you know, there's also industry, there's industry articles, which I can share with you, you know, at the end of this call. Um, I get newsletters every day from healthcare, social media, specifically media and healthcare. There's a lot of resources that you can tap into um, getting a daily newsletter, what's going on in the industry. Um, I think that would be a great way. I learn, I learn a lot from those as well. Um, I make sure they come to my inbox every morning. You know, when I'm waking up, I kind of scroll through to see what's going on within pharma and healthcare, getting up to date, any new groundbreaking things that are going on. I find that really helpful. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You hit the nail on the head there. Being resourceful, taking advantage of what's at, what is at everyone's fingertips, which is a couple great Google searches will yield uh, some great ways to be active and passive in learning a new industry. 
Now, when it relates to CMI specifically, was there a certain person within the company that was inspirational to help guide you? Was it a mentor? Was it a manager? Anyone specific to help really um, show you the way, give you the opportunities to cut your teeth in the industry? Yes. Yeah. So um, a big seller for me was um, Julie Herbert's Aliaga. So she was the social department lead. Um, so she was my manager when I came on. And yeah, she definitely gave a lot of feedback. And I think this is just a good learning, um, you know, advice that I would give myself five years ago, um, having been through what I've been through. You know, when I was coming up in the industry in my career, I was put in positions where I was able to grow really, really fast because I had I didn't have anybody on top of me. So I was given a lot of responsibilities, kind of learned on my own, which was great. But from a long, in a short-term perspective, but from a long-term career career trajectory, I was missing that mentor. And I was missing that uh, the ability to get you know constructive criticism to help you know form me and and help you know develop me, um, you know, for my long-term growth. So coming to CMI and having Julie um, as my manager, really taking you know, giving me the, the constant feedback, meeting with her regularly. That's something that I would you know, say five years ago, me or anybody coming up right now, you know, in their career, yeah, it's great to shoot up really, really quickly, but you want to make sure that sometimes the stuff that takes slower in terms of just develop, developing you as an employee, as, as a professional, um, a, a lot can come with having that mentor, having that manager to really guide you along the way, because you know, you only know what you're exposed to, um, but having someone else who's been through it and has, you know, more years of experience than you, can give a lot of insight that you would never get just by figuring it out on your own. Right. So that's great advice. You're saying, you know, the best advice to somebody coming up now is to ensure that you have some level uh, of mentorship, be it within the company or outside the company, just to, to make sure that they're challenging yourself or challenging you as, as much as they can. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um, so you, you touched on a couple of things there in terms of your journey. Uh, you know, having Julie is, is kind of that person to, to challenge you, give you the opportunities you know, when you think about what you've done, um, you know, there's hard skills and soft skills that we talk about when it comes to, you know, someone developing themselves professionally, you know, from the marketing career that you've had so far, what would you say would be the top soft skill that you found to be the most uh, beneficial uh, to get from where you started to where you are today? I think, I think a lot of it's just portraying confidence or being confident. Even if you don't feel confident, if you act confidently, eventually you'll start to believe it and other people will notice it as well. Um, obviously, you know, you have to put some of the groundwork in to understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You're not always going to have all the answers, but as long as you speak confidently towards it, people will have confidence in you and you'll eventually, you know, have, it builds confidence in yourself. Um, but that being said, if, if you don't know the answer to something, people will always respect if you say, you know what, hey, let me get back to you. Let me look that up. Um, but that also comes with confidence to understand when you can have the confidence to speak when you can and the confidence to say, Hey, I, you know, I can't answer that right now. Let me get back to you. So I think that was a big skill that has helped me a lot throughout my career. I think that's a, that's great advice. And it's, 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 it's great advice. I think because it's the one that puts people, uh, furthest outside of their comfort zone because most people don't like to do that because you know, it's not in their, they're not, it's not in their comfort zone, but it's, it's, um, it is a hard thing to do, but like you're saying, when you're able to do it enough and challenge yourself to be confident, specifically like you're saying, speak up 
you have an opportunity, whether it's uh, for in the client pitch, before the client pitch, or you know, analyzing results, uh, making sure that your voice is heard, uh, that can do nothing but yield uh, positive growth results for you. So yeah, and even internally, like you could be wrong. It's okay to be wrong, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot to be said about just either offering up an opinion or at least trying. I, that goes a long way with me with people on my team with, that I show that they're doing that critical thinking thinking strategically and at least trying. And, you know, eventually it, I just appreciate the the effort, you know, eventually if you keep trying, keep putting yourself out there, something's going to stick and it'll, it'll help. It'll go a long way. I think just at least the effort behind it speaks volumes to me. Absolutely. Right. Right. Um, now it sounds like, you know, that's the wisdom you're, you're providing for your team now when they're on your team, but you know, what is your perspective? perspective when it comes to hiring for roles, you know, whether it's specific for social media, digital marketing, uh, or, or your team specifically, you know, what kind of candidates do you look for? What are the things that stand out to you when, you know, sifting through the, the 50 candidates for the one, uh, the one rec that you have open? Yeah. Um, I think what's important to me is to see, you know, really a self-starter, especially people coming out of college. I'm not expecting them to have, you know, years of, Facebook manager experience or Twitter experience. It's really about more of the qualitative things, things that they picked up. I want to see that, you know, someone who's entrepreneurial in nature, they're really a self-starter. They've demonstrated that they put themselves out there. They've created new processes, started new things, or even just had, I mean, past internship experiences is key. So it shows me that, you know, that every summer that they were trying to go out there and, and gain more experience. It didn't have to be specifically to social media, but something along the lines of that, that they're trying to head in that direction to build up their experiences or whether it be extracurricular activities that they've done just to show that there's ambition and that they're really trying to forge a path for themselves to get into a career in media. Right. And I, and I could also probably ask you the opposite of that, or the converse of that, which is like, what sort of candidates really really just made it very easy for you to say not a good fit or I can't believe this person didn't even prepare or, um, you know, what's, what's really just been a, a, a downer, quite frankly, like you're expecting, you're excited about me and a candidate and then it, it just flops in the interview. Yeah. Uh, what are those don'ts that you see when it comes to an interview? Um, so the, I guess those people that don't have direction, they're just coming in here, they're flailing around, you know, they just, just looking for a job out of college and there's no clear, um, no clear direction or like, at least, you know, I'm trying to see if this is right for me. I like, I'll even respect that, that, you know, I just want to see if this, um, you know, maybe social media is the right path for me. You know, I just, I'm trying to explore. No one has the answers when they're coming out of college. I certainly did not. Um, but at least trying to put yourself out there to get those experiences, to understand what is, what is, you know, a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the people that are just, you know, I just want a job, obviously that just shows a lack of ambition, lack of even wanting to have that direction. That's, that's probably a huge turnoff. Now, when it comes to, and this might be some of your current team members that you have uh, that you actually did hire, but can you recall the best question you you're, you were ever asked by a candidate in an interview? Um. I don't know if there's one specific question, but I guess I guess generally I am always impressed and I'm I'm always appreciative when it is very clear that a candidate has done their research about CMI or the pharma industry or me ahead of the interview when they ask very informed questions, very specific to CMI or pharma, et cetera. Um, 
that always impresses me that I know they've done the research at home to ask those informed questions. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, <clears throat> like you said before, you know, the internet's a great thing and it's, there's a lot of great information to prepare yourself with, with a couple of uh, uh, poignant Google searches so that you're ready to, uh, and again, it's, it's not overthinking it, but just really being relevant in the kinds of questions that you're asking because yeah. all that, that information exists. Yeah. And it's super easy. Like there, everything's very accessible. There's websites, there's LinkedIn. Look up who's interviewing you before. Maybe you want to ask specific questions about them. I've got the questions, you know, like, I saw you worked here for a few years. How did you get, why did you come to CMI? Um, I, I just, I always find that very impressive. That shows me that person did their due diligence. They did their homework and they're proactive, um, which is something I'm looking for in a candidate. Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, you mentioned Facebook groups and how they're uh, evolving, doing some things. You know, for somebody who's looking for, you know, I get, like we said at the beginning here, social media, a very, very popular type of role that um, early stage marketers are looking to get into or maybe transition into if they've been doing, like you were saying, exposed to paid search or something else and they want to specialize in social media. What's the topics or types of topics or trends that you see in social media that if someone's going to be looking to get into this space, they should be looking into researching these sorts of trends or developments uh, so that they're staying uh, topical for when they want to go in for that conversation. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, um, intern. That's intern, intern. That's the biggest thing that you can do to really prepare yourself and arm yourself because nothing's going to educate you more than on the ground, in the weeds type of experience. Um, And also that can help you decide if this is the right career for you. Um, so definitely a number one internship. Second thing is network. Um, you know, I guest lecture at, um, at Drexel and I, uh, I always tell the students, I make myself available after the course and I really encourage them to come ask me questions or I give out my business card. I make myself available. And I am so surprised when, when some of the students, you know, just, you know, walk out, even if, especially if they want to go into social media, you know, if someone's, if someone had reached out, reached a handout to me, you know, when I was graduating college and saying, Hey, I'm here as a resource for you, I would have latched on. So, you know, network, find people in the industry who you can talk to, who you can, um, just for coffee, really informally, it doesn't have to be a formal thing. Um, there's also different types of events that you can attend. For example, um, social media day in Philly is at the end of June. I'm, I'm me and a few of my colleagues, um, Justin Freed and Liz Moore, we're going to be actually presenting at Social Media Day Philly. So that's something so local, so accessible. I think they had like 700 attendees last year. So not only is it a great resource for sharing and, and knowledge sharing and learning, but again, networking, um, a great opportunity to meet others in the industry um, to help you, you know, learn more and get into the field and hopefully, you know, get in a career in social media. Yeah, I think that's a great point because Social Media Day, actually, I, I believe there's there's events, you know, nationwide. So anyone listening, you know, just do a couple Google searches on Social Media Day. And I, there, there's probably an event happening in your space uh, or in your in your city, close to your city that you can check out. Now, you, you know, resources, right? So resources are great ways to stay plugged in now for, for that individual looking to get into social media what is, what do you find is kind of being some of the most valuable, um, everyday resources, you know, maybe passive resources. Is it a site blog newsletter? Uh, what are the ones that, that you tend to subscribe to or have your team subscribe to? Yeah. 
Um, well, Marketing Land is a great uh, is a great publication that they send out, you know, daily or more frequently um, articles on whatever in media interests you. So that's a great resource. Um, Search Engine Watch is another big one. Um, has some social updates as well. And then I mentioned, um, and the names are um, eluding me right now. I can't think of them. Some healthcare pharma specific um, media distribution uh, distribution list that I'm on. Um, those things are really easy. They're really topical. That's a great way to stay current and on top of the events that are going on in media, especially in social media. Awesome. Awesome. So this has been a, a lot of great information. I think uh, you've given a lot of good insights on um, how one can really p- uh, pick up an industry, immerse themselves, um, you know, learn more about it, but also, you know, specific to your role, what you're doing at CMI, how you're making social media work uh, for the healthcare, healthcare industry and pharmaceutical industry, which is great. Uh, great advice on in, uh, uh, in, um, interviewing, researching for interviews, and staying on top of social media. So where can our audience connect and learn more with you in addition to coming to see you at Social Media Day Philly? <laughs> um, if someone wants to learn more about CMI or wants to learn more about your background and thoughts on pharma marketing, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Well, LinkedIn obviously is a great resource. And then I'm also on Twitter, Alex Gill, PHL. There's some industry stuff that I tweet about, but I will warn you, I do watch a lot of Bravo. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> so you might see some Bravo tweets sprinkled in there um, as well, but uh, you guys can ignore those if you choose to. But yeah, those are two great resources, two great ways to connect with me. Perfect. So we will share a lot of great resources mentioned today. We'll share how to get hold of Alex. Uh, as well as the resources in the show notes. So uh, take a look uh, for that information there. Otherwise, Alex, I do appreciate your time today. This has been a great conversation. And um, thanks for joining us. And we'll keep an eye out for you at Social Media Day. Yeah, my pleasure. Hope to see you there. Great. Thank you. Thanks. All right. want to thank Alex for her insights and thoughts on all things social media today. Great episode. Now, great tips also, I thought, on... Uh, her advice on uh, connecting with mentors uh, early in your career. I thought that was great advice. And if you're somebody who's out there looking for mentorship for your marketing career, head on over to the marketinghelp.co. We actually have some mentorship packages, uh, whether you're just getting started or actually if you're uh, an executive trying to navigate and figure out how to help your marketing team navigate their career. So good information there to check out. Also look in the show notes for all the resources that Alex had mentioned, some great resources on how to stay in tune with all things social media. Uh, and if you too want to help marketing professionals, you can actually help by sharing this podcast or leaving a rating and review and help others find the content of this podcast. And as always, if there's anything I can do, just go ahead and reach out to me. Shoot me an email. It's uh, Eric, E-R-I-K at themarketinghelp.co. Until next time, this is your host, Eric Harbison. Happy marketing.